0: golf podcast presented by golficity
1: where we bring you the tips instruction and support you need to get the most out of your golf game and now your hosts frank and mike hey
0: guys welcome back to the golf podcast this is episode number 333 333
1: 333 three, three, three. Three, 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 three. 32 away from having one for every day of a year a calendar year this is over how many years seven years now
0: seven years jeez once a week for seven years um but we're going to talk today about a topic speaking of, of having all these episodes way back we kind of dove a little bit into this because it's such a common um, struggle that golfers have is downhill putts. Right, Downhill putts can be tough. Uh, it can be a, a quick way to let a hole get away from you and end up with a much higher score than, than you intended um, because there's a lot of factors that come into play and, and it's difficult. So we've talked before about one of the like really important parts of course management being trying to have an approach shot that leaves you below the hole so you can be puttting uphill because it's going to be able to get a little bit more aggressive with your putts and things like that but here we're going to talk a little bit how you know ways that you can kind of adapt to it so that if you make the putt great but if not at least like i said it, it doesn't end up being a disaster
1: because not every downhill putt needs to be a three putt because usually it is because yeah. usually we blow it past and then we're coming back five feet and we miss it.
0: Well, that's the demoralizing part about it is that if you end up with a, a your next putt being the same distance or longer. And if there's ever a time when that's going to happen, it's going to be on a downhill putt because it carries, it tends to carry it past the hole. So there's some fundamentals to get, you know, that we want to, you know, go over and there's also some strategy things there's always going to be that there's going to be execution and strategy. So we're going to talk about that. Um before we do and another thing I want to talk about of course is the uh our own wedge fitting that we just did. Um and and speaking of which, I mean it's the perfect segue to uh, thank this week's sponsor Titleist. Um uh, Bob Vokey and his team, they're always grinding. I like that cuz it's a little See what they did there? Yeah, a little, little, little pun there. Always grinding to produce an amazing product, uh, but with the new SM8 wedges, they've really made a giant. Shift forward and we just got fit Mike I want to talk to you in a second about Your own experience with that and what came out of it I know I was incredibly impressed Hitting the SM8s with just The forgiveness the smooth feel That turf interaction um, and, and really nothing beats A good fitting which we'll talk about we got fit with Kevin Sprecher um, but they With the SM8s one big change That uh, Bob Vokey and his team Made is that they pushed that that center of gravity uh, A little bit out From the face and it changes the MOI. Um, hopefully you guys got a chance to watch that video That we did with Kevin Sprecher Because I feel like nobody understands Or explains this stuff better than he does Absolutely. Um, and it's like for us as golfers It just feels great But it's like what's the the mechanics behind it So you don't have to understand all that technology All you need to know is that it's there It's going to help you make, a, make you a better player Like I said the SM8s are something That you guys really need to experience uh, Get the feel for them Because it, it really is something that can change your game um, You can feel how especially how much it helps square that club at impact so make sure you check that out uh go to uh, vokey.com they've got a uh, a fitting tool there too which you can use to kind of get an a, your own idea of what best grind is going to be for you because there's many different grinds speaking of which we went down there we had we our fitting we did um i mean going into a fitting how, how much do you personally know about things like grind and bounce and things like that. Are you the type of person? I know there's like kind of two types of golfers. You get your golfers who dive deep into it and kind of educate themselves. And then there's other types of golfers who just kind of put themselves at the hands of the professional, of the fitter.
1: Right. And for me, I'm the guy who Kevin's the the golf doctor. You know, you go to a doctor, you don't need to understand like platelet count or anything. Let them teach me that. Yeah. That's why I don't I don't brush up on anything. I don't care to know the importance of grind bounce. I love when Kevin explains it to me. And you know he dissects the game by um Watching us hit our current equipment, mm-hmm. comparing it, and then, you know, getting a baseline and then adding the new equipment. Yeah. And it was great to see uh, the results. Now, I'll, I'll switch it back over to you. We'll start with your results because you didn't really make much moves.
0: Oh, I did. I made a huge move in grind.
1: Oh, you did. That's yeah. right. That's right. I'm sorry. But as far as the numbers goes, you stick with the same degree. Right. Right.
0: Which which really tells me so much about the variances that can go into when it comes to wedges in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, for example... You take like a a seven iron obviously there's a lot of changes that can go involved with things like uh shaft Shaft, and and loft Mm -hmm. lie angle but within loft you know within the manufacturers the seven iron there's not a huge amount of variability but when you come to wedges like, first of all, gapping is such an important thing because you have these variations. You can go with all different degree wedges and also even how many wedges you carry in the bag. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we both, because we have the uh, the T200s, which have a little bit stronger lofted pitching wedge, we both ended up with three Vokey wedges in the bag to fill in all that gap, right. you know, area. Um, but I like that. I like that I can have a number of full swing options. We've talked before on the podcast about gapping. Thing. We talked about full swing versus half swing and how you can get involved with that. But with wedges, there's also things like bounce and grind, which dramatically change the way that the club interacts with the turf. And like a lot of things that we talk about here, there's no one right answer for everyone. The benefit to wedges is that there are so many options to fit so many different golfers. We all kind of impact and come into impact differently. We see you and I have two t- totally different impact right. styles. Mm-hmm. Um and, and for me, we learned in the fitting that I kind of had been relying on height and I wasn't putting as much spin. You were putting a ton of spin on the ball and you were stopping it with that. I was stopping it with height, but I wanted to change that a little bit. Long story short, I ended up switching over to a K grind uh, on my 60. And what I learned from Kevin in this experience and this is something that again it's a why we're big proponents of working with a good fitter is they'll often point out things in your game that you might not have otherwise thought of i had resigned myself to saying my 60 degree was my greenside bunker club I use it there and maybe on the rare, rare occasion when I was like exactly 70 yards out and I could put a full swing on it. But I was afraid to use it on tight lies Mm -hmm. um, because I'd often dig in too much. I rarely chipped with it, even though I wanted to sometimes have a little bit more loft on my chip and stop it a little sooner. But again, I just wasn't interacting with the turf the way I like. And that's a function of just the way I swing the club. So anyway, Kevin... I he you know, he'll direct you in the right direction. He, he gives me the K grind and all of a sudden, and and we show this in the video, yep. it was a one swing difference immediately. The next swing, my spin jumped up dramatically by about two or three thousand RPM mm-hmm. and my launch angle came down from fifty degree, which is way too high, down to somewhere in the thirties, which is more where he wanted to see it, just because of the fact that the club was interacting with the turf better. Right, and and that was only from a change of um of the uh, the bounce and the grind. That's it. The loft was exactly the same. Right. The shaft was the same. Same. Right. You know. Isn't that wild? So it is. It is really wild. So no matter what it is, I mean, if you guys haven't addressed your own wedges, um, put that on your radar to get a wedge fitting.
1: Right. It, that wasn't just a fluke. The fact that you hit a good one with right. the new one. Right. Like you kept doing it.
0: You kept doing it, and it, you felt it immediately. You felt like. It just interacted, like I said, with the
1: turf. The different. turf interaction is incredible with right. these clubs.
0: And I've been, I've been doing a lot of my own, like just kind of research and reading some of the different, as I said, diving into like whether it be Ben Hogan's book or um, Harvey Pennock's, you know, little red book. And he, they, they all kind of had debated the order of importance of clubs, mm-hmm. right? And it was kind of a switch. It, Har- Harvey was saying he went uh, putter, most important club in your bag, wedges second, driver third and hogan was putter driver wedges but wedges and, and you could debate that back and forth sure, Because hogan would say you had to set yourself up on the hole with a good drive and whatever mm-hmm. but the reality is wedges also are anywhere from two to three to four clubs in your bag so it, it covers a big area but we we talk about them being really your scoring clubs so if, if it's something that if nothing else if it's something that's been underlooked at in your own game um hopefully our experience in showing this is kind of the wake up call to say, all right, I got to take a harder look and say, what is it? Because in my experience, like I said, going back to what I was saying, the, I was using that club for one shot, green side bunker, right now with the new setup, I'm comfortable hitting it from the fairway with a full swing. Right. I'm more comfortable chipping. I was, I was hitting some great chip shots with it. Now also the good benefit of working with a, with a good, um, fitter slash instructor is a little bit of instruction to mm-hmm. there and kevin gave me one good tip which I, I'll, I it just hit home with me he said and i never would have thought of this in such a short shot we're talking about like a chip shot like maybe a 30 foot chip shot he said kind of swing like you're trying to put a draw on the ball like you wouldn't think drawing a ball yep. that's barely you know off the ground but what that that visualization helped me turn and he said to you i remember he said like the buttons on your shirt make sure you're focusing on turning them towards your target because rotation is such an important thing, even in this short little shot. Mm-hmm. So that little rotation, all of a sudden I was, I was getting these nice little nippers, you know, and it was just, it, yeah, it he was taught, such he, better. It's
1: funny. Cause he told me that exact same tip in the original fitting two years ago when we were in that short game area doing the wedges. Yeah. He said, the reason you remember, I just kept chunking the ball on it. Yes. Yeah. And he's just like, you're not swinging through the ball. Like the club should come out, you know, like you're trying to hit a draw, whatever. And, it's an amazing little tip.
0: It's, it's just like yeah. you never would think like a 30-foot sh- little chip shot like try to hit a draw. And, like, and I did right. it and it just worked. But anyway, I can then also rely on the club to interact the right way because I had the right bounce and grind yes, for me. exactly. Right? And, and even just dispelling some some myths, like um, he, Kevin had said oftentimes like the general misconception is that more bounce is for your less skilled players um i'm so, and and like these these higher bounce high like whatever grinds but then you look at it even though it's a lot of of bounce you got guys like Justin Thomas and um i think it was uh, might have been Webb Simpson, these guys are using these clubs too. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 not something that you should never rule out a certain club because you think it's just a broad category that this is only for this type of golfer.
1: Right. Well, and you'll for, benefit from that. Yeah. I mean, for us, it's the beauty of having your fitter also to be a lead golf instructional coach. Right. You know, it's pretty sweet.
0: But that's why we've always said a good fitting is worth its weight in gold. I think a good fitting is as important as the clubs themselves. Mm-hmm. So if you're gonna be making that investment, if it's time to get new clubs, search around find a good fitter near you i mean the backup is there are some great tools online like like the wedge fitting tool on Vokey, that it'll walk you through and it'll ask you certain questions but there's nothing to me that replaces a a, a really experienced fitter watching you hit balls and making changes
1: 100
0: so you guys like i said we'll, we'll dive into that more but i wanted to at least bring it up here because It's helped our game, so hopefully it would help yours if you haven't taken a real hard look at your wedges to look at it and look at, is there areas where you can get more out of them? Absolutely. Because we can only carry 14 clubs. So, Um, all right, let's do a quick word from our sponsors. And then, uh, Mike, I want to jump into talking about these these slippery downhill
1: putts. Yeah, let's do it. So, guys, this episode is brought to you by Shotsco. Here it is. This new ShotScope V3, uh they're making a splash, Frank. Big I mean, time. big time. Yesterday was their launch day or the couple days ago and What did Karen say? It was bananas yeah, or something. Some, some something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah, it was bananas. Yeah. Um uh, but guys, this is going to be the best watch for the price for years to come. I mean, that's like the Mike personal guarantee right there. Um, love this watch. It, the price is ridiculous for the incredible product that you get. What is it? 179 The launch offer, the launch which offer. doesn't
0: last too much longer.
1: So right. jump jump in there. Jump in there. It's probably going to jump up maybe to 199 or something after that. But... Let's talk a little bit about it. What is it? It's a stat-tracking laser-like GPS watch that tells you everything you want to know about your golf game. Uh, and honestly, it's going to help you improve. It's going to help you play better because you'll be able to understand your game better. I mean, uh, I love loading up the stats after a round and having that um, information available to me, whatever it is, fairway success, my left miss, my right miss, uh, club usage, that's a great club one. Club usage, talk about fitting. How great is it to be able to walk into a fitter and set and show them, like, I got very low club
0: usage on this, or 100. gapping.
1: Gapping now. Yeah. Speaking of that, because of the shot scope, I went in there yesterday, and I looked and I said, I only use my hybrid 2% this year. Mm. Think about that. Yeah. So what I may do, now that I've upped my wedge from a 48 to a 50, I might actually play with a 50, a 52, a 56, and a 60, <laughs> <laughs> and remove the high. We'll, we'll see. We might get there. But I, I just for me, it's like I know I can get off the tee about 260, 270, and on the courses that I'm playing for my tee boxes, I know it's probably only 120 less at home. So I don't really need a hybrid, but we'll get down there. But anyway, guys, um, check out the smaller, sleeker design of the V3 with the color screen display, longer battery life, interchangeable color bands. They're more precise, so on and so on. They really improved from the V2. I cannot stress that enough. Check it out. Visit Shotscope.com slash Golficity and get in the game with the all-new G3. I'm sorry, V3. Or if you want just GPS only, they have the G3 version. That's Shotscope.com slash Golficity. And Frank, before we move on, I just want to thank Footjoy. You know, at Footjoy, they know that the swing starts from the ground up. You could take on those uphill, downhill, sidehill lies. That's why Footjoy provides the footwear you need for superior traction stability on every single shot. Uh, whether it's the all new Pro SLs, which are the hottest shoe on tour. I'm becoming a big Pro, SL, a huge guy. Pro SL guy. He's yeah. It's great. They're
0: growing on me more and more this year. I've been wearing them. I yeah. feel like I go, they're my go to lately. They feel good. They're super yeah.
1: comfortable. The max performance of the all new Tour X, the all new, uh, the comfort and performance of the FJ Fury, or the number of other shoes Footjoy has to offer for every player. Finding the right shoe does matter for your game. So shop now at footjoy.com. All right. So diving into
0: talking about these downhill putts. Look, first First and foremost, we all acknowledge golf is a difficult game, right? But there are going to be certain shots and certain things that you've got to execute out there that are going to be harder than others. And one of those is going to be downhill putts, so, which is why we say that oftentimes it starts with a good... Um, a good approach so that you can avoid these shots so i i think a good thing to liken it to is for anybody who plays billiards pool you know things like that when you start to see the next level of player it's guys who are they're, they're thinking a shot or two ahead and mm-hmm. where they're going to set themselves up. So they're not always having to react to kind of whatever happens. Right. So as you start to move towards being a better golfer and starting to hit better approaches, have better strategy that gives you a chance to hit better approaches, you're going to be, lo- you know, we talk about like reading the green from a distance, not always waiting till you're on the green, looking at the areas where you can put yourself in position to hit an uphill putt you'll be faced with them less and less. But no matter what, you're always going to still have to have the the downhill putts. I mean, we see it on the PGA Tour. Guys mm-hmm. make mistakes. They end up above the hole, and they've got to putt down towards it. Um, but first, I think a good thing that goes in just acknowledging the difficulty of it. Once yep. you realize mm-hmm. it, you're going to give it a little bit more respect. Uh, you're going to take maybe a little bit more time over that ball, reading it when it's a downhill putt. Um, because, again, it really is a move from getting yourself away from from a situation that's going to lead to kind of the snowball effect of worse and worse and worse. You know, again, it can quickly happen to like a three putt. So the first tip that we would have is if there's ever a time that your fundamentals, any issues with your fundamentals are going to be exposed, it's going to be on one of these trickier putts. Makes sense. Makes enough sense, right? So. Really, if there's a time to hone in and focus on your most important putting fundamentals, it's going to be here. Don't slack off. You know, really look at it. So a couple of those might be one, keeping your head still. You know, too much movement with the head and shifting with the body is going to really cause things like hitting at the wrong spot on the face, and and it's any of that stuff is going to really hurt your pace and pace is such an important thing here. Another thing is using a relatively soft grip. Now, not too soft. Uh, This is something, speaking of Kevin Sprecher, he pointed out to me, my grip was too soft and it was causing too much hand movement. Uh, And I was able to tighten that up a little bit and have my hands and arms working as one. Mm -hmm. But the reason we point this out is because as you are faced with something that's a little bit trickier, a little bit more difficult, there's the stress the tension and as tension comes in what's the tendency it's to kind of squeeze that club a little harder so more so than even focusing on soft is focus on your normal grip Go back to your normal. Don't get away from it because you're tense and you're starting to tense that upper body. And similarly, your lower body too. Knees, maintain some flex in those knees. Uh, It can be a real easy thing to do to stand up a little bit too straight and lock those knees, especially, you know, again, it's a quote, knee knocker. Yep. You know, what's the tendency is to kind of lock it up. So just remember, go back to your fundamentals. A good stance, uh, a good setup over the ball is going to set you up. For the ability to make a good stroke, and that happens with with all all shots, but really here. Um, so, assuming that you're in a good position to make a putt, the next thing and the probably the most important thing with these downhill putts is just to remember it's really going to be all about speed. Downhill putts. This is not the time to get aggressive.
1: Absolutely. Yeah,
0: and it's, you're not going for the cup here. <laughs> right? If nothing else, you're not going to say like where we say sometimes like go six inches past or aim past right, the right. hole or whatever it may be you really can't use that buffer as much you may still you know go for for holding it but erring on the side of if you're going to do anything it's not leave it too far along because the slope is just going to keep taking that
1: ball further and further away right it's funny i say you're not going for the cup but i usually on a long tricky downhill pot i'm never even thinking about holding it My goal is to just put it within a 10. Put it close. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which is is a great goal to have because it's avoiding that three putt.
1: Right. Right. Because I feel like if I do go for it, that's when I get aggressive.
0: Right. And that's exactly what it should be. The real goal, depending. I mean, if it's a real short putt, even if it's downhill, you want to hold it. But the real goal, anything I would say, and it's crazy. If you ever have some time, look up the PGA Tour, uh, the average make percentage, from certain distances. And it will give you a new perspective on what you think you should make and what you shouldn't make. Because even at, I think it's at eight feet, it's about, at six, six feet, feet, I think it was 66%. Six feet. Yeah, and then it drops off quickly. Eight feet is like 43%. So it quickly drops off. Now, put into the fact of it being downhill, you got to start to think like, okay, what should be my goal here? So let's say you're faced with like a, a eight to 10 foot downhill pot, Really... A good goal here would be focusing on that two putt, mm-hmm. like you were saying. Mm-hmm. How do I get this close enough that the next putt is not going to be a stressful one? Right. It's going to be something in that two to three foot max range, and I'm just going to be able to put it in. Um, so, again, what's going to be do- doing that is is that speed, maintaining the right speed. Um, and if you get the speed wrong, like that's where you're really going to end up, that danger of three putting. I would rather you have the speed right and the, and, and the read not as right on this, I mean ideally you get the putt and the pace yeah. nailed down. That's how you make a putt. Right. But if you're going to if ev- either one of them's going to get more of your attention here, it's I think it's got to be the speed.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I think that when when you're standing over a downhill putt, you immediately think it's going to be fast, and I think right there you end up, well at least I do, stabbing at the ball or like not doing your full yeah. smooth stroke because mm-hmm. you want to hit it less. Yeah. And it changes the whole stroke. Yeah, it can yep. be
0: uh, things like decelerating, yep, extra exactly
1: punching at it. Mm-hmm.
0: That's why the first thing is going back to those fundamentals. Still put a good stroke on it, but just be mindful of that speed and making sure you're taking a little bit off of it. Um, and then this goes without saying. The next step would be play some extra break, uh, no doubt about it, the less speed you put on the ball, the more the break comes into play. Um, if uh, We all know and have heard the phrase power it through the break. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also why when we read a longer putt, a lot of your focused attention of the read should be that that last six feet yep. towards the hole because that's where the break is going to come most into play because that right there is the ball is traveling that's its slowest pace. Early on in the putt, especially with the long putt, you may be putting so much pace on it that, that the break is not going to be as effective. It's going to kind of go through it. So kind of what you want to do is, 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 especially on this downhill putt, you know you're going to be putting a softer pace on it. Factor a little more break. I mean, think about it. if it was the exact same distance putt in the opposite direction, going up the hill. You know, you're gonna have more pace. It's gonna take some of that break out. Vice versa on the other side. Makes sense. Less pace. The the actual undulations of the green is what's gonna be causing more of the roll. You're just kind of getting it on, getting the ball going, and letting the the slope take its effect. But as that happens, also it's gonna let the break take more of, of effect. So. Um, It's it's possible too. Another thing is like if you feel like you're not playing enough break, the natural tendency would be to put a little more speed on it, because you feel like you're kind of like you 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 want to push it through there. Mm -hmm. Um, So here's where if you mindfully realize I'm putting, you feel confident that you're putting enough of accounting for enough of the break, you're naturally not going to hit it as hard. Gotcha. I think the subconscious thing is when we we're kind of not quite, you know, confident that we're playing the right amount of break, we hit a little bit harder, and when we're confident in the read, we are able to put a little bit of a softer touch on it.
1: Yeah. So really put your time into that read. Um, yeah, that know, can be important. One of the, I guess, the best pieces of putting advice I ever got, and I use this to this day, and it's nothing you know new. We all heard it. Is identifying where to leave your ball you know how they say like here's your hole mm-hmm. the caddy yeah. will say this is where you want the ball to die yeah and i will always start a tricky downhill putt by finding out at what point if the ball stops here what is it going which way is it going to move to the hole and it's usually like a foot within the hole or depending on how steep yeah, it yeah. is of course of course but i think that's been one of the greatest tips i've ever gotten because it has helped me get more two putts out of that instead of three. It
0: makes so much sense just like picking a spot. is that Pick a spot to have it and, die
1: right yeah. there. And then watch the slope do the rest.
0: Let the slope take take its effect. Right. right? So that's an important one. Um, have you ever done this too? There's another thing. Have you ever kind of deadened one by hitting it off the toe? I mean, I'm Purposely? talking about this is usually. Yeah, yeah. This no, is usually I mean, a technique that you, A, heard of this. don't <laughs> use this technique until you've practiced it. Uh, okay. That's first and foremost. Uh, but B, this is really only something I would... I would advise on the fastest of downhill putts. But what you can do is intentionally miss the sweet spot. It's actually my father taught me this shot. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've since heard a couple of instructors say it. Um, Obviously the sweet spot, we talked a little bit about like things like um, uh, recently smash factor Mm -hmm. uh, transfer of energy and the sweet spot is going to transfer the most energy. If you, even if you take your putter in your hand and just kind of like swing it like this and just kind of hit, like tap the face right and if you tap the sweet spot the whole putter moves straight back but if you tap out on the toe the 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 putter just pivots this way right so if you intentionally miss the t- sweet spot and and hit the ball out towards the toe it's going to deaden it a bit it's going to transfer less energy to the ball so it's something that requires a lot of feel to really control. I bet. Yeah. But if you you can try this first. Test it out. Go out to your putting green, you know, whatever your practice facility is. Look for the fastest downhill putt and then just try hitting a few out off of the toe. Out just doesn't have to be a huge move, just maybe like a half inch out from center towards the toe. And you will notice it's going to take speed off. Because the same putting stroke, the same speed, the same amount you're bringing it back and through is going to is gonna have an effect of less energy transfer to the ball by missing that sweet spot. i gotta try it. Yeah. I definitely have to try this. It's pretty wild. When we're done, you go over that putt out over there yeah, and try yeah, it yeah. with your putter. Because it, it's pretty wild. And it, it can be used. I would use it super, super sparingly. But if you're ever in one of those real dangerous positions, you can try this. And, and it, it, it is a, an effective tool that a good – knowledgeable golfer can have in their arsenal um and then the last thing would be warming up properly uh it's like raise your hand if you've if you've gone to the first tee without even going to the putting green yeah, almost you know, always yeah, yeah like or mm. we're rushing through it you go and you putt two or three um if you've got the time get over to the putting green get a feel for it other things that come into play it's not just this downhill there can be things like grain you know, different golf courses in different regions play differently. Um, you can have it where grain has such an effect that almost can negate a slightly downhill mm-hmm. and have it play like a level putt. But these are the things that you're going to be able to get a feel for while you, before you get out there, like don't, don't have it where you're learning everything about the greens on the first green.
1: Right. 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 Cause
0: it's going to take you time to adapt. So if you can get out there, roll a few, roll a few downhill putts, see what kind of speed you're getting on those downhill putts, and hopefully it'll be reflective of what you experience when you're actually out there on the Makes golf sense. course, mm-hmm. right? So get out there, warm that putter up for sure. Plenty of practice, but any, as with anything, as with anything that we've talked about here on the show, practice is the most important thing. Familiarity is what leads to confidence when you're a golfer. Mm-hmm. So if you can be familiar with it by practicing it enough you're going to be less nervous about the shot more confident in it a more confident shot means that avoiding things like the deceleration off center hits that are not intentional all those types of things are going to come from that so get out there practice those downhill putts have them be part of your repertoire so that when your course strategy doesn't work and you do end up above the hole you're less apt to three putt
1: makes sense yeah,
0: and we actually we we did a challenge recently. It's not going to probably be out as of the, the release of this podcast, but we were really closely watching and trying to avoid three putts mm-hmm. and so, seeing how much of a dramatic effect it had on score. Remember that?
1: I forgot about that. Yeah, jeez the, that was...
0: it's been it's been um, quite a wild ride since we've been back out there. Yep, yep. trying to do a year's worth of content. In been six filming months. a lot. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but uh, anyway, it, it it can be. It, it, again, nothing's going to, nothing is going to replace. Good practice and getting out there and do it. So hopefully you guys enjoyed these tips. Like I said, it's something we've covered a little bit on the podcast before, but some new information. We've grown as golfers. You guys hear us say often, we're we're not professionals. We're learning, and as we learn, we share. So these are some of the new things that we've learned, and we're working on them. Just because we share them here doesn't mean we're experts in them. Right. It's something that we've learned, and we're trying to put it in. And we're constantly when we're playing golf out there, we're constantly reminding each other. Mm -hmm. I remember we talked about this. Do this. Try this. Whatever it may be, and if it works, we try to talk about it here. But if you Got some of your own tips. If there's something that you feel like worked well for you, uh, especially on these downhill putts, drop them in the comments below, drop them in the Facebook group. There are a lot of ways to get in touch with us. And if you share that information, we can all learn from it. Absolutely. All right. So that's everything we have this week. You can get to the show notes by going to slash episode 333. 333. Three, three, three. Easy one to remember. That's for sure. Um, get to the show notes, check it out, or as always, Everything is in the Golf City app, which is free for Android and iOS. Go to golfcity.com app. Download the app. You'll get every podcast there dating back to the very first podcast. It's great. If you want to go back and listen to what we sounded like almost eight years ago, I think I would cringe if I listened to it.
1: Yeah, it's pretty bad.
0: I think I would, but <laughs> hey, we got nothing to hide. Go right. back, listen to episode one. Tell us what you think. All right, that's everything we have for you guys. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next week.